0: what's up everybody episode 30 already with by really quick nate startup nation with my boy jim uh, cgb construction we talked about uh him on episode 29 20 million dollars in revenues over four different businesses uh he's been operating basically since i was born not dating him, my man um and a while 35 years um I like to say I'm a little bit younger these days, and um, he's quite successful. And one of the things I love about learning from Jim and having him and, and chatting with him is about leadership. And so we just got done talking about employee needs. So this is gonna flow right into specifically servant leadership and the way he does things, because some of the things that he's done over the years is is just something I've never even heard of or, or leaders would even consider. Um, and so we're gonna talk about that in episode 30, so stay tuned.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm grateful to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks. So, so one of the things that, you know, I, I brought this up in episode 29, so I'll make it quick because I'm, most people, I presume, will listen to hopefully both. Listen to both. Um, is that when I did, when I spoke recently at Cal State San Marcos, I asked 30 or 40, uh, students how many of them had goals and not, but one or two raised their hand. I asked how many of them had one-on-ones, I think one or two raised their hands on one-on-ones in businesses. Um, and so the fact that that is, is unfortunately, sadly, the norm, and then it goes all the way to the like the, the farthest extent of what you do. I think there's just a you know there's miles apart between what that is, and that's why I think it's it's really special in what you've done with your company over the 35 years, because I presume you didn't start that way, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and where you're at now. So maybe give a brief overview of kind of where you started and what you did, if anything, when it came to leadership um, versus being a boss, and yeah. then and then how that's. Uh, fast forwarded uh quickly to 35 years and what what you've done over the last couple years maybe give the example if you're comfortable about the professional consultant that came into each you know and things like that and then go from there so
1: yeah when we started uh august august 19th is the official start date 1985 Mm -hmm. and i was uh doing handyman stuff and we got into restaurant business or not restaurant grocery store chains this is a long time ago people but alpha beta big bear era yeah no one even knows those stores now but they were right here don't judge you know come on now yes there's gray hair come on uh but that was back in the 80s you know mid 80s and i just realized there was a there was a bigger calling there and and i know i knew from a very young age why why i'm put on this earth Mm -hmm. i know i'm here to serve people i straight up know that it's not a gray area for me it's not confusing Every waking moment I get up, I know I'm here to serve somebody. And back then I realized that wow, I could serve so many more industries. I could pre- I could perform in a way different way. And I started what is the facilities business today. There there was nobody in the in the space back then, and now there's some competitors. What would they do?
0: Did they just do it themselves?
1: They just did it themselves, or they would they would hire a very specific individual for an individual task. And I and I went in and I started showing them. A phone call burn less calories a phone call will get you all of these services under one roof and there's always been the handyman you know guy working for you know joe homeowner but but it wasn't that way i was doing it for a commercial space so fast forward a ways uh, a few years into that no sleep trying to build a business perform self-performing get a guy i'm still connected by the way to my very first employee that i hired and I don't know how if I can put him out here, but Rob Christunis, the guy who lives in Sacramento today, I'm still connected to this guy. Thirty five years ago he was my number one employee. First guy I ever hired, still very good friend of mine. He just retired actually. He's way older than I am, but so he way. beat you? He beat me to that game. <laughs> he had desires to retire. I don't have a desire to retire. I, I think I can keep serving until I until I can't. Yeah. Uh, so during those my twenties uh, I had all those humble beginnings. I started out, I thought I was gonna be the best at everything, this was great, and that was a quick, rude awakening by the time I was about 22, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. I had that big, humble moment where, you are not the shit in this house. <laughs> you you are about to get a hyper-correct, and we had to
0: hyper-correct. Okay.
1: And things got really ugly in business, I thought I wouldn't have a business, I thought I'd be okay. out of business.
0: Okay. And so, at that point, when you had, say, one to 10 employees, How did you manage them versus how you manage today? i give a perspective on that for maybe the business owners that are starting and maybe so they don't make some of those core mistakes. So how did that look?
1: Uh, Early on, I always knew that I'd be, one, I'd be in a leadership role. And back then, of course, we didn't know it was called leadership. But I knew I'd be in a leadership role, I knew I'd be a CEO. I knew that from when I was about 12 or 13 years old, and which is a very strange, and I'm not saying that in a bragging way, I'm just telling you I was pretty clear on what my path had to be because I knew to serve. I would always engage employees that I couldn't afford. And so they knew I couldn't afford them because of affordability and what we could actually bill and charge, et cetera. And I'd have guys at their lowest wages, but they never left me. Yeah. And so I started tuning into that and I'm like, why is that the case? One, it's not always about money. Some were as desperate as I was but it was about the connection. They could feel that I was there to serve them, mm-hmm. and in doing so, they never left my side. Yeah. They literally never left my side. And as money started to shift and we became, uh, I say a more recovered or legitimate business in those days, <coughs> it, it became easier to provide a different wage, but I never lost the connection to those employees. And to this day, we have many employees been around a lot of years, and that's because we connect. We connect at a deep level. Okay.
0: give a couple examples of that if you don't if you don't mind some of the things you've done to connect because that that term connect from what if i if i were to put myself in the shoes of somebody for example i was at the gym uh the other night and uh one of our members um i won't share his name for privacy reasons but he came to me and he wants to know he wants to theoretically potentially quit his job making he's an executive level guy and follow his passion and then lead people he wants to help people that's what he puts it right he If I were to tell him just go connect with people he'd look at me like what what the hell connect what does that mean like what it's it's such a large umbrella generalization so if you can give some examples of what that might mean to people right because for you 35 years that's easy for you to define but how would you suggest people connect with people or maybe some examples of what you've done so people have a better understanding of that
1: I I think generally speaking you you can either be a connection person where you love to be around people and and that is a natural, that's, that's a natural for me. I like to be around people. I like to contribute to that. Yeah. Uh, but when, you're, when you connect to people, there is emotional events in everybody's life, whether it's mine or yours or somebody else's. And if you're in that space during that emotional situation and you can contribute to that emotional situation, that is the biggest impact on that individual's life that one, you're gonna feel it, and it's it's gonna impact you. It'll bring yourself to tears from time to time yeah. because of how impactful that is. And you literally change lives, and it wasn't a planned or orchestrated event. It's yeah. just in my core. It's in who's ever core as a leader to actually be there for those moments, so.
0: So I know it sounds kind of silly, but I, uh, Gary Vee says this and a lot of people, and this is <clears throat> probably might not be very helpful for some of you, but what I've always told people is just give a damn. Right. I mean, like actually give a shit on what people, how they feel. Yeah. Don't be the guy that won't shut the hell up and just talks yeah. about himself or herself all the time. Yeah. Get to know them at a, at a very core level. Get to know what's important to them. Yes. And, and clearly there's going to be situations where what's important to them and what's important to you doesn't match with your company. I'm not going to say every, every person you can get to know their needs and it's going to match your company. That Unfortunately, is not the case. Yes. I think that for the majority of the time, though, you can figure something out um, as long as you've got the right person in the right seat. Yeah. And so that, that's my, my, I think we just shared off camera, one of, the, one of my buddies, uh, Andre, shout out Andre, he listens to a lot of these, that was literally in Romania, fricking digging ditches three, four, five years ago. Uh-huh. Right? And I'm not kidding, Like, right? And the guy, and then he had some political issues because of his social status, the way he was raised in, in a, or born into Romania, had to ask for asylum, came out here, and he was delivering fricking bagels, and he had like 80 stops when he came over here. As, a, you know, as an illegal because he wasn't allowed to work because he had yeah. asylum but he just had to, he had to support his family and I got to know all these things about him and now it's like the guy would do anything for me if I needed him yeah. to right? and the same thing with Ruben out there right? I got to know him and, and his life and how close he is with his family and the importance and you do things like that and all of a sudden it's like People are like, geez, he really, really cares about me. And at that point, it, that, then that relationship goes both ways yeah. too, right? And so then at that point, they're never gonna leave you. I mean, Ruben quit a job that making 20 or $25,000 more a year to come work for Green Guard wasn't for me directly, just because of the fact that he wanted to be in a more positive environment and, yeah. and he trusted the fact that it was a good opportunity for sure. him, right? And, and those are the situations I think you're kind of alluding to is that if you get to know people at those levels, um, the, the chances of them ever leaving you or, or losing that loyalty is, is very obviously far less than just a, another employee looking for a paycheck.
1: Yeah for us One of our things is, is our number one core value if you look at our core values We have 11 core values our number one core value is families first mm-hmm. Right and there's some inconveniences to the company sometimes because they need to be with family a football game a baseball game A sickness some kind of a health challenge. There's always a reason that they need to be with family But there's also a two-way highway because we're a part of that family that maybe there's a sacrifice sometimes from the family and they need to be in the office because there's an emergency, there's something going on. And with that family first value as our core value, well, being a family means having a residence. It means having the kids. It means having the college opportunities. It means having an investment, a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. We contribute in, in those spaces. Okay. One of our core things is, and I, I'm not telling you come try to find me and work for me. <laughs> Because that's not what this is. These are accidental situations that occur naturally because I want managers, for one, the family first thing. Having a home is really a critical thing to me. Yeah. So when I get somebody into a management role, they either promote in or hire in, I want to make sure they own a home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not tooting my own horn here, but we don't have any managers that don't own homes. And I'm their contributor to doing that. Okay. Some of them don't have the money. Yep. We make sure we arrange to have the money to get them in there. Yeah. And I, it's not an intentional act. I don't set out to just buy people homes, but I spend time listening. And when I when I get a manager in a role like that, it's really critical for me to be able to help them find stability, have a home where they can have their children play. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I find out about this, I've given down payments. I've financed down payments, I've financed homes, I've done a lot of different things. I'm saying,
0: do that. I'm then. not doing this.
1: I'm just saying it, it wasn't a planned event. It's because I'm paying attention and it's because there's a, a cool opportunity. This is not a normal CEO thing. Don't don't anybody do this. It's because it is it can be financially detrimental to you it depends on your your capacity and position, yeah. but the win is is people never leave you. Yeah and because they have such stability for their families in these homes and there's at least four that we've done this for Mm -hmm. funerals are another big thing that's unexpected i've paid for countless funerals i've put burials together i've paid for funerals i've supported families i've flown families to be with family in a time of need i sent a family to missouri just last week two weeks ago because they lost a family member and they couldn't afford to go yeah so those emotional moments is when it matters the most. I always use the, the Christmas card as, a, as my key example because you have to give with no strings attached. And how many people give you your Christmas list, you got 200, and you send a card out, and you only got 190 back? Yeah. You take 10 people off your list because they didn't respond. Yeah. That's crap. Yeah. You're giving a card or you're giving you're something. No, right here, like no strings attached. You give... From the heart
0: it's, it's funny that you say that we I, we were talking to somebody about that the other day and we were talking about the importance of um helping people god i wish i could remember who that was right now but saying that that if you're always going to ask for something in return that relationship is never going to be valid clearly if you have a great relationship it's a buddy of yours you're gonna be like dude come on hook it up right but but if it's somebody like employees or something like that there's no strings attached right you just you do the right things karma or not the reality is that type, of, that type of hard work, that type of mentality is gonna come back around. Yeah. No matter how what, what you wanna call it, I'm yeah. a firm believer in that, right? Uh, people define karma in different ways, people define, but I think just being a servant leader, doing those types of things go yeah. very, very far, right? Uh, you know, we did something like that for a member just, just yesterday where her, where her mom passed, um, and I just happened to notice, we were in Mexico at Playa de Carmen, took a picture of these cool uh, things that we, she hasn't opened yet, so I won't say too much. And, and she's like, she just messaged on Instagram saying, oh, those are really cool. So we just ended up buying her one and saying, yeah. hey, this is just for everything that's going on. We really care about you. Hopefully everything's yeah. okay. That's it. And we don't expect anything in return. She's just a really nice girl. And I just, it's, it's, it's just a small gesture to hopefully, you know, show that yeah. we, we give a shit, right? And so, and, and, and we don't expect anything in return. And this, sure. those type of small things, I think, go far beyond what people realize, right? And so. When, when I was
1: a kid, I was homeless. I actually lived in a park. Did you? <laughs> yeah, for about eight weeks. And uh, it it was a very cool experience. Mm-hmm. Shitty at the time, yeah. but it definitely changed who I was. And I, I was running a restaurant. I've been in restaurants my whole life. Uh, I, I went to work one day, and the manager's wife didn't like me. She didn't talk to me, she didn't want to give me the time of day. And she says, uh, Here's a bag. And she just kind of throws it at me when I went in the next day. And I pull it out, and it's a jacket, a brand-new jacket mm-hmm. that she went to the store to buy me. And that impacted my life, the rest of my life. Yeah. And when she handed me that jacket, she knows I'm homeless. Yeah. And her husband ended up, after he figured it out, he said, well, why don't you come live with me? So I stayed with him a couple of nights. I went back to the park for a little while, and then I got my shit together, and I started a different program. Yeah. But that jacket probably saved much of my cold. It was 30 below or whatever the hell it was in back in the day. It was damn cold, and she hands me a brand-new jacket. She still didn't talk to me. <laughs> but she gave with no strings attached. Yep. And that was so impactful. And I was uh, 16 years old. Yeah. And that was so impactful that it's carried through the rest of my life. And it's certainly impacted how I do business and how I do business with the employees. I give that same way that she did to me. I like my employees, she didn't like me but I like to engage them. I like to be part of their life if they allow it. I don't push myself in, but I become part of it just by a natural occurrence.
0: It's amazing too how that adversity, just for people out there that listen to this, um, he was, obviously wasn't a silver spoon guy that was, that was so, living yeah. in a big mansion. He was literally homeless, which I, I think I've maybe heard that once before, but didn't remember it. And so the reality, behind, and now this guy will brag about him, has his own plane, he's flying all over the place and enjoying life and going to Mexico. You can cut that off. if you don't want that in there, but I, but it's been something I always brag to people about because it, the thing is you won't know anything about him. You would never know the level of success if it wasn't for the fact that you get to know him at a deeper level, right? And so, so, but the fact of the matter is people that are out there, you, you're capable of doing what you want to do as long as you want to be a leader and you really want to grow as a person. And, yeah. and I, It's amazing when you do make those small gestures, how far that can go. He'll never forget the fact that somebody gave him that jacket for the rest of his life. And not only that, but it probably gave him perspective at a young age when he was very impressionable. For sure. To, that The way that you want to approach things, probably, or at least how you want, you know, a suggestion that I want to approach things the rest of your life. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, and today I'm a, I'm a chairman of a board for uh, East County Transitional Living Center. We're getting people off the streets. We bring in homeless people, as drugs, alcoholism. We get them off the streets. We give them a place to live. We get them clean and sober. We, we help impact their lives. So they can get back into society and be an impact in society as well. So uh, oddly enough, how it all came about, but being homeless and now I'm serving the homeless, I don't know the correlation there because everything goes to work in our brain, not even thinking about it. But I'm confident that's why I'm serving at that level. And being on a board, you don't get to see the actual impact. No. It's a it's a very selfless thing, but you know that the impacts are being made.
0: Yeah, I think that's important. That's something that I think we still got to work on as a company with GreenGuard. Um Clearly, there's going to have to be a certain uh, financial ability to do that, as he's saying, but we definitely have done certain things where we've, when we've asked people to get promoted. Um, for example, uh, we have a, a newer employee that got that just absolutely killed it as a new employee, as a hood cleaner. Uh, we recently had another employee that probably wasn't as loyal as he should have been, even though we felt like we gave him a lot. He left um, as a manager in Los Angeles, so we've now recently promoted this guy that was just killing it, gave him a couple months of, of rent, um, made sure he was set up. And for us, that's a lot of money. We're just not in the scenario um, where we can do. It. We've been around for thirty-five years, right? Even though, <laughs> even though we've hit ten years, so we're super excited about that. But I'm 36, thirty-six. Remember that, so <laughs> I started at one. And so, and so, with that being said, it's you know, but for him, that probably goes a long way, right? Because we didn't have to give thousands of dollars for him yeah. to move and all that. So especially when it's from San Diego to LA, it wasn't like it was across the country, right? And um, and give him, a, give him an exorbitant amount of support and all that, and set him up for success. So he realizes, like, wow, there's a lot of opportunity with Green Guard. Adam, my gen- I don't hear a lot of these stories as much anymore because my general manager, and he's also a minority owner in Green Guard, um, really handles the day to day, but I love hearing some of these things. He apparently got an email the other day from an applicant and, and, a, and he goes, hey, I, met, um, so I see your trucks all over the time and, and I happened to see yours at a gas station the other day. So I just ended up talking to the guy that was getting gas and the guy just absolutely raved about how much wow. he loved working for Green Guard and all the benefits he got and how well he treated and employees. Wow. And, and so he just said, you really should apply and and so i wanted to just let you know i'm really interested in the position you can and you can imagine that that is incredible to hear that and i can't imagine how that makes adam feel because he's the one running the damn operation right not me and so i'm proud of it but i'm more proud of the fact that adam is the one that's really driving that driving force to make an impact on people because who's going to have that random ass conversation at a gas station like that right and so especially, it's probably at some weird hour yeah. because, of the, because of where we work, right? And so the chance of you talking to anybody in the first place, right? And so those types of stories are incredible. And that's because I think that we do a decent job at it. But I'm also a firm believer that you can always improve, right? So, you know, um, give a damn about your employees. Really understand uh, what their needs are. Really have a better understanding of not asking for for something in return if you're doing things for people I think it I promise you it'll come around. I mean, it is never not for me That doesn't mean hey buy two cards and all yeah. of a sudden now you're gonna become a millionaire yeah. um, But it just means just do the right things constantly and things that inevitably Come around you know, we I had this conversation with somebody the other day about about being a servant leader But then in, in addition to that uh, just being simply a hard a, a Hustler just working your ass off and doing the right things in general. Is there very many people out there? If you can name one person, I'd love to meet them or him or her that's truly been a hard ass worker that always is hustling, getting up, doing the right things every day, making decent decisions, that's hard out on their luck. It'd be really, really hard for you to find something. You'd
1: like that. be hard-pressed it, it, it doesn't exist. No,
0: it doesn't, right? And so, and so the reality is, is that, that doesn't mean that people aren't going to fall on their ass or fail in some capacity, right? which is not necessarily a bad thing, but there's going to be scenarios like that. But, but if they get back up and continue to do the same thing and be consistent, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Right? So that's the same, same philosophy. If you're a servant leader and you're doing the right thing by people, it's not like you're just going to get burned by a million people. Yeah.
1: Right? I think defining your core values of your company, yeah. even on startups it should be one of the first things that you create and you follow those core values because being family first for me, it speaks into me. It speaks into how I'm supposed to behave and treat family. When family's down on their luck, you show up and help them out. It's a it's not a hand out, it's a hand up, right? Yeah. It, it's giving them that one more step that they needed. There's no, no strings attached to doing that. And that's based on core values. So develop the core values right out of the gate when you start out on a new company. Define that. What is in your true core? Write that down and use that as your guiding principle because when you hire, you will hire based on that individual. Do they fit those core values? And if you do that, it's a no brainer for how people will behave in a family first mm-hmm. environment. They'll help when, you, when I'm not there. They'll help in those financial situations. The guy needs a hundred bucks or whatever. Give it to them don't make them beg.
0: it's fun. I'll, I'll be honest green guard didn't have value for the first five years we just didn't we didn't know any better i was young didn't have the right guidance didn't have any idea what me that i should have i knew about them. the problem was it, no excuse but just the fact of the matter is is that every giant fortune 500 company i had I'm, had the shit plastered on the wall and never talked about it mm-hmm. so i didn't think it was important right and all of a sudden we get the consultant and he's like nate what the hell are you doing <laughs> right and then meeting you and people like that now we literally live by them and and so like this is a perfect example, and this is probably a little bit more than I should share, but I'll, but I'll I'll be somewhat tame with it. We have an employee, I had to talk to today, that is has lost us a seventy thousand dollar year account by making a bad decision. One of them was, and one of them you could argue is going against uh, our core value, but he was he used customer equipment to cook his lunch. Big issue, sure. Could could a customer have reacted better? Sure. He's not like he stole their food. He bought his own food and to turn on the flat top, which used to be a cook, right? So like, whatever, we lost the account though, which is the, the fact of the matter, right? It was a huge account. This was, I don't know, a year ago or something. Um, and then, we, then he made a bad decision on a roof for a client and cost us four or $5,000. And then, I wanna preface this by saying we clean hundreds and hundreds of restaurants a week, so this isn't normal for us. And then just recently, he told one of our vans. Huh. And so, But he is literally the definition of a culture fit for us. Aside from having these major, major mistakes, like he just, happiest guy in the world, never ever, ever negative, works his ass off, never complains, never late, always willing to help out the company when you ask him, just he's literally like the model citizen for an employee. So we had to make a tough decision where it's like one of those scenarios where we clearly can't have him in a leadership role at this point because he just doesn't make great decisions. Fine. But, but then we, but most companies would say, you're out of here, you just can't afford to do that. For us, we're gonna say, no, let's just have a reset for him because, he's so, because we, he has such a great culture fit. We're gonna put him under a very strict regulation. He's not gonna be a leader anymore in the sense of he's not gonna lead a route, he's gonna work at, under our manager, yeah. and we're gonna re-coach him for another year or two and see if maybe he works out. Yeah, we, It's a tough decision for us, but the reality is you can't have those types of mistakes. Yeah. Right, and, and irrelevant to like the, the vehicle being totaled, was his fault or not? He's, it, those types of things added up just doesn't 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 work, right? And so, but the thing is, because he's such a, a, an important piece to the value and culture of his business, we can't. We, we decided that it's probably best just to find a better place for him at this. Yeah,
1: moment. and we we do that too. I mean, we, we talk about a PIP, a performance improvement yeah. plan, and we define those because those can be a really nasty thing. Some you give a PIP to yeah. a employee, they freak out. It's an attack. It's yeah. a personal thing. And we just sell it in a different way, right? It's perspective, right? It's like changing goal to result. Yeah. It's the same thing. The performance improvement plan is, we actually sit down with them, we ask them what they need to improve on. Yep. That becomes the improvement plan. And then there's buy-in to drive results from them. Yep. And if we, if we do that, it's a different sales. It's not a personal attack. It's now a guidance. It's a tool yep. to lead them into a prosperous way. Uh, spending time with this guy, it's the same. Yeah. It's let them define. Okay, what do I need to correct? What do I, what's my behaviors I need to move, and then they'll they'll
0: do it. And he he, or inters- or? he understands that too. He's like, listen, I I was expected to lose my job, so yeah. like he goes like, relevant to these are my my issues or not. I understand that we, as a company, I can't we, we can't afford to have these mistakes happen. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And he's not he's not malicious in any sense. He's like the, literally the perfect employee. Like yeah. never misses time or any of that. Right. right. Um. But in, and I said, you're going to sit down with your, with your boss and go over what this looks like and what the next year or two looks like for you to then gain more experience to make better decisions. Yeah. And he goes, I, I really like that. I Because he knows he makes bad decisions, yeah. right? Relevant And they're not intentional. We know that with him. Yeah. But, but, they're, but they're big enough where we can't afford to have him in that role. And so it's one of those things where that's... It's, but it, it fits well because we understand it all. We made it very clear with him and he's not upset. And so it's not like he's going to go and badmouth us either, right? And so it was a win, kind of a win-win that scenario. Um, but I think those things are really important when it comes to the leadership and being, again, clear, understanding the employee's needs. We're still gonna fit his needs. We're still, you know, he's still gonna have a job. He's still gonna really enjoy working with the people he works with. And it's an example, even though it's an extreme example, where um, that leadership is hopefully gonna, gonna work long-term for
1: him. Even if it doesn't, it still impacts his life forever. It does. So even if the decision's made in the future where he's, he's leaving, it's still impacted his life forever and he leaves on a
0: positive. Yeah, yeah, you can realize, like, they were very fair with me. They understood where yeah. I came from. They explained their perspective. They explained that you know, like we can't have him drive a vehicle yeah. anymore. Our insurance company is going to be like the gross vehicle weight on that vehicle is eight thousand pounds. Yeah. He could have killed somebody. Like yeah. you know, he yeah. didn't. Luckily, it was a single car. But it just they don't accept things like that, right? Yeah. He wasn't driving a Honda Civic, yeah. right? And so, um, and so the, the, the scenario though is because now he understands that we weren't just like. We're tired of you, man. You're making too many mistakes. Yeah. It goes a lot farther for him. Yeah,
1: no. that is that is servant leadership. It's yeah. serving him yeah. to get them. And
0: like he appreciated it. He shook my hand like 10 times, and yeah. I really appreciated Nate and understood versus like, you know, Nate, four years ago, had been like, fuck this guy, man. How many? T-? Like, this guy literally just cost me two years of profits. Like, I, I would have. Like, this is yeah. fucking horseshit. Like, you know, yeah. clearly I'm still doing that. I'm just not doing it in the capacity in front of him, right? Because it's still frustrating. But the reality is, as you become uh, more experienced as a, as a business leader and, and, and as an entrepreneur, extreme examples, for, for me anyways, I'm sure for you, when shit really hits the fan, you're almost you, don't, you you're not even phased by them anymore. You're just like, okay, well, what do I need to fix it? Yeah, okay. well, just push forward, find a different result. Yeah, that's just the way it is. I mean, you get so used to shit ha- hitting the fan sometimes. You're just like, okay, well, let's see what we can do to fix it, let's, yeah. f- let's fix the process, the procedure. I mean, it's just, you know, and it's like, and, and again, focus on the bigger goal. If the company goals are still being met, employees are still being good, retention's still where it's at. People are safe and in, in your, every meeting your values, and it's fine. It's just going to happen, right? So, so all
1: you got to do is define a plan forward and change what the results are.
0: Yeah. yeah. Our, every Friday, we have Friday manager meetings, and I left it early today um, to do this and a couple other things prior to, but we, we have a new thing where we review all new accounts that we get because we get, you know, we're, we grow really quickly. I think this week we had like eight new accounts we serviced. Wow. Um, last week it was six, and ever, we, we service probably 40 to 50 new accounts a month just new accounts so we go over any accounts we've lost which is maybe one every month so it's very little and then we go over every single new account we serviced if the notes were right if the sales reps did their job if the service was right if there's any issues with it if we need to address it with the, with the customer if we haven't already and what we need to do going forward so there's zero issues with that customer so if we have we have one opportunity to fix any problems and then it goes seamlessly on out it's long a couple of hours long but but the reality is is i tell this to everybody it costs so much more money to get new clients yeah than it is to maintain and, re- and retain them. It's just worth it, yeah. right? And so today we have three or four of them where there's some lack of clarity on things. We fixed it, we added notes to the jobs. A lot of it's stuff that the customer doesn't even feel but there's because we caught it on the first service, but maybe it's the Daniel or the Joe or the John that go out there and service the next time that don't have as much experience, they yeah. don't catch it and screw it up, right? Yeah. And so why not correct those actions up front?
1: Yeah, we do, we do red, yellow, green. Every client gets red, red, red yellow, green and that tells us how far in we gotta go, what do we need to invest mm-hmm. timeline-wise. If they're green, all we need to do is support that. They're already in a very positive way. If they're yellow, we're need, we need to slow down and be cautious. What what are we missing? And if they're red, it's an emergency action for us. We take an entire team. We go meet. We talk about. We solve. We go all in for an existing customer because we want to resolve the problem and and
0: fix. And existing customers, people tend to forget that are so much more important. So much more important. And that's that's a business or that's a freaking member of the gym. It doesn't matter. It's just having to get new clients and the the amount of effort it takes is just it's it's exhausting and frankly very expensive.
1: Yeah, you go all in, and there and there's no difference in all the meeting, all those needs. I always say the only difference between your spouse and your friend mm-hmm. is intimacy. Yeah, it really is. That's it? it. You should you should go all in. You should have those relationships, and the customer's no different. Yeah. We have to engage them the same way. we got to meet their needs the same same as we do with employees.
0: But I think that's the same philosophy. I mean, if you, if the employees understand you're doing that for them, they're going to theoretically, the majority of the time, do the same thing for the clients, right?
1: It, it will impact them to make, make those changes, for sure.
0: You don't have the clients you have and the, and the names you have due to the fact that
1: yeah not from bad service yeah. all the time you get everybody makes mistakes and we just it's how you mistakes. respond to them yeah it's right. how you respond and most of the time it's a, it's a bigger reward in, in the response
0: i can tell you how many times like for example we're proud to say this burger lounge for example is one of our bigger clients and they they they've given us so much referral business but he he will always say we ask him how we're doing we have you know either yearly or quarterly meetings with him based on where he's at and everything this is the vp of, of development adam great guy and we go how we doing he just goes you guys are doing great no news good news he's a but the compliments for us generally are never like hey you're cleaning really good because it's yeah. not like their asses like climbing in the ducting right so what their response is is hey when we've had issues with you guys the fact that you respond and just ridiculously fast is yeah. what really means a lot to me yeah. that's actually what the response we gave yes. which is kind of like a double-sided thing yeah. but they also we also know in our world there's going to be mistakes we have hundreds of gallons of yeah. greasy ass water every night right and so The fact of the matter is that the fact that they say well when shit happens and you guys solve it immediately that to us goes a long way right so
1: it's the same thing with our employees we got to do the exact same thing the same level of response that way there's no there's no guesswork we have an employee that is in the red space you go all in you fix the issue you address it it's either in or out you fix that problem you move on and there's no difference
0: yeah, we do that pretty quickly too if somebody like for example today one of the guys such a stupid mistake they have a checklist on every job and as we were walking up here i saw one of our managers leaving and i'm like why are you leaving the, the, and he goes oh one of the guys forgot to turn the fan on hmm. well guess who that was with one of our bigger clients right but like it's on the freaking checklist so irrelevant to that we literally pull one of our managers out of an important meeting and he's driving all the way down to downtown san diego now to flip that fan on no. we could probably go Hey, Mr. Customer, we can walk you through it. No, we're not doing that. Go do we're going to do it within 30 minutes, get this problem solved, right? And that's exactly what people are talking about. Like, yeah. should we make that mistake? Absolutely not. Yeah. Do we service a couple hundred restaurants tonight? Yes. Is that going to happen? Absolutely. Results driven. So, so it's results driven, right? And so we'll then coach that employee probably Sunday night when he comes in and say, what are you going to do going forward yeah. so that doesn't happen again? Why didn't you follow your checklist?
1: And it's not wall-to-wall counseling like we used to do when we were young and starting up, right? Yeah. Where you hit
0: them on that wall and you hit them on that wall.
1: Yeah wall-to-wall
0: counseling. yeah yeah exactly you're (laughs) slamming them back and forth right no you let them solve the solution and you're going to say what are you going to do to fix this yeah and then we'll even go as far as what do you want me to do if you do this again yeah you tell me
1: yeah
0: right and and sometimes that's an uncomfortable question for them but it's like i can't have this happen especially on things where it's like a simple checklist right and so um but those those are the the ways i think that people really respect the fact that we approach it that way versus like what in the hell are you doing wall-to-wall like First, it's going to be your head on this wall, and then, you know, so. Wall-to-wall counseling. Yeah. Even though sometimes we feel like that might be. (laughs) So this is episode 30. We talked a lot about servant leadership. We talked about some specific examples, um, you know, with what we've done, and uh, some pretty interesting stuff. So definitely take a lot of uh, what Jim said a little bit, what I said, put them together. Hopefully, you'll learn a little bit. Um, Episode 30, Jim, I really appreciate you coming out today. It was good stuff, Yeah,
1: awesome. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Serp Nation, listen in we yeah.